Have you ever thought that being an entrepreneur would be easier than this? For years, I've tried to break free from Rogue Warrior consultant life, only to return time and again in order to survive. What I soon realized is my own isolation and self-doubt was getting in my way, and that my biggest successes, my happiest moments, came through connections with people who cared about me. It's now my mission to make it easier for entrepreneurs like us to connect with incredible human beings who rise up higher together. We are not self-made, we are community-made. But the real question is, how will we do it? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on this journey as I interview top experts and entrepreneurs who are figuring it out. I'm your host, Jerry Kirk, and you are listening to the Community Forged Podcast. Hey there, Community Foragers. Welcome back to the Community Forge podcast with your host, Jerry Kurt. Well, in the online entrepreneur world, I've discovered there's really two kinds of people. There's the visionary creative who seeks and shines in the spotlight, who just loves being the face of the, the, face of the brand. And then there's the integrators, right? Those who are happy to, to leave that burden more or less to someone else and, and focus on making the right things happen, right? Who who know how to get things done efficiently and do all this in relative obscurity. Now, both types have their pros and cons. And to ultimately be successful, they really do need each other. Now, there's really a lot more attention that gets focused on the visionaries, which you know, is unfortunate because so many people, including uh, many of my own friends, um, play that integrator role. And you know, it, it can be a tough challenging road at times, especially when the face of the brand usually has like, the ownership and control of the business, especially if it's a personal brand. I mean, just consider for a moment how often you know, the lead singer of a band breaks off her successful solo career, kind of leaving her, her former bandmates um, to pick up the pieces and, and start over. So the big question that I have is, is how can an integrator find lasting success you know, in what might be perceived as a secondary role on the team? How do they build a business to take greater control over their own destiny and create that quiet life of their dreams? Well, today I'm super excited because we're going to explore um, the journey of Callum Ewing, who's a highly experienced project manager for CRM deployments. He's an automations and operations expert and most recently helped his latest client surpass over $500,000 in just the past 12 months while saving a considerable amount of uh, time and effort in the process. So if you are an integrator yourself, then this interview is especially for you. And if you are a, a visionary creative, you'll gain valuable insights in how to best work with the yin to your yang and see how they can help you be that much more successful. Callum, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this interview for a really long time. Um, you're you're one of these these people again who is just quietly doing things amazing things in in the background. I've been really um, looking forward to uh, hearing more about your story. So um, it's a it's, we're in some interesting times right now. We're still in the midst of of, of COVID fun, and you've got a a, a young uh, newborn at, at home. So life is life is is, is hopping um, there uh, in the homestead. Um. Tell me, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, I guess from, from the early days, how did, you get, um, how did you get started as an entrepreneur? So, well, we can go as far back as you like, but um, 
In my day job before I became an entrepreneur, um, I was a project manager, like you mentioned, um, and I was really involved with deploying CRM solutions, um, like Microsoft Dynamics and Salesforce. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even aspire to be a project manager at all. It kind of just fell on my lap, and I kind of got my head around it and and did that for a few years. Um, and I enjoyed elements of it, um, but. I didn't quite enjoy like doing it for somebody else, if that makes sense. Like sure. I like structuring things in a certain way and from a project management side, but also seeing how these CRM systems work together um, and integrate with other apps and softwares. What, um, um, just curious, what, what was the, the biggest challenge about, you know, doing it for someone else in that context? I just, I was, I felt a bit trapped and um, we can get deep, pretty early here and um, but I had quite a bit of time off work um through like mental health challenges and um, I was pretty depressed and like I just still suffer sometimes but not nearly as much as before with generalized anxiety um, and it was really getting me down it was more the feeling of feeling kind of trapped in that role mm. like without any real freedom to do anything else I and see. I was pretty sick of it um, both metaphorically and literally and so I decided to look what I could possibly do um, just a general having my own business sort of thing, even before I looked into the online side of things. And I started going down different rabbit holes, which we've all gone down, um, sure. I think, and just looking how I can earn even just as much as I'm earning in my day job um, to replace that. What were some of those um, early experiments? <sighs> um, the first <laughs> thing I went down is um, I looked to because I've been involved in the recruitment of project teams, like bringing in developers or designers or, or that, or copywriters, that sort of thing. I started looking at um, building my own recruitment agency, oh, yeah. um, like a work from home recruitment agency. Um, and I went down this huge rabbit hole. I put a business plan together and I, sh- I shared it with a friend and he looked through it and he says, it looks great and all that sort of thing. And you've, you've put a lot of thought into this and I think you could do it. And then he just asked one question, which kind of hit me in the face. That like, why do you want to do this? And I was like, oh, because I can have my own company. And he's like, yeah, but why do you want to have a recruitment agency? And I realized I didn't have an answer for it. Like, I just got so set on this idea that this is the right thing to do because it's the first thing that came into my head. Um, and I say I, I wasted time putting a business plan together. I don't like to look at it as wasted time. Like, I learned how to put a business plan together. And I learned the things that you need to, like, because I was using a template, um, I learned the things that you need to think about when you're starting a business. So it was kind of a good trial run to setting up your own business. Um, but I soon realized that I didn't want to um, create a recruitment agency at all. Um, so that's kind of when I went into brainstorming mode and kind of edged towards actually making money online just in general. Right, yeah. Um, Did you find... I mean, it, this, this, I can relate to this a, a little bit in, in my own life. I mean, when, as you, yeah. I can imagine that you know, the recruitment agency just it jumped out because you'd already had some skill and talent in that area, right? Yeah. Um, so it felt like the, perhaps like the safer thing to do in a, in a sense. Yeah, I, I, was, I was focusing on what I know as opposed to what I like or what mm-hmm. lights me up. Um, even my role, like the recruitment wasn't like my favorite part of my role. Because I did enjoy parts of my role, even though I didn't enjoy the role as a whole. Um, but it was what I was, partly what I was really comfortable doing, but also 
or I could see a way to generate income at the same time. Like it was kind of in my face, like you'll get money every time you play with somebody. Okay, easy. There's a product, um, without actually being interested in it whatsoever. Um, but it's like again, it's a lessons learned. Like I learned from there, and it, it always comes back to me that if I have an idea, have a good think about. Even if this idea comes to fruition, is the work going to make you feel sick? Like as after you've launched as well, um, right? It's a really important. Yeah, especially when you consider why you were doing it in the first place, trying to leave an environment that actually was very unhealthy for you and, and, and toxic. Exactly. So that you're as a great a great friend of yours, <laughs> yeah. uh, it really, really helped you out there. Which kind of avoided yeah. avoided you going down a perhaps a, a similar path of of you know misery and, and unhappiness. Absolutely. So then, yeah, so then I started looking at online options and I'd never heard of affiliate marketing. I'd never heard of drop shipping. I'd never heard of anything to do with making money online. Like I've received junk emails in the past saying, I don't know, um, click this link and in two, two nights you'll be, you'll be rich, like filthy rich. I've, I'd seen that sort of thing, but that's all I knew about online marketing or on, making money online at all. So I decided just to take a bit of time, like trying each one out. Um, like on a list to see what I enjoy and see what I can see potential in and yeah, yeah. like see what I think is a good fit for myself. Because um, when I say things aren't for me, it doesn't mean it's not for somebody else. Like there's successful people in most fields and people enjoy different things. But even if something can make me lots of money, if I'm not going to enjoy doing it, I'm not going to be interested in it and I avoid it completely. Um, so I started with a drop shipping um store using shopify and aliexpress oh yes um, which again it opened my eyes up into that world and i could see potential and i actually i hadn't studied anything about marketing so i took chose a really broad niche um of travel accessories <laughs> and mm-hmm. my niche was people who like to travel which i don't know <laughs> if that was anyone out in the world um, <laughs> But I did manage to make a few sales, but I was like, this doesn't seem like a, like I started to question why would somebody choose me instead of just go to Amazon and get their stuff. So sure. I was like, okay, I'll park that for a bit. And then I moved on to other things. Um, and eventually I ended up upon ClickFunnels, like as a community, like as opposed to just a product. Um, it was actually through the same friend that advised me earlier. Um, I don't know if I can call him a friend, maybe more a mentor, but I, friendly mentor <laughs> um, he introduced me to a book expert secrets um which i ended up downloading and listening to and that kind of brought me into that world of click funnels my honest feedback when i first saw click funnels like looks a bit rubbish <laughs> like it was just the design stuff it didn't look like a website because it's obviously all focus on funnels with one call to action and everything mm-hmm. and i thought it was a little bit in your face and i was put off by it at the start um but my friends said, no, it's like, just understand the concepts and stuff. Um, so I did, and I dabbled around in it. I ended up um, dismissing it initially because, again, I didn't really see how I was going to make money using it um, until somebody, in, a, in I think it was in the ClickFunnels group, um, they just said to me, have you gone through the One Funnel Way Challenge? And I was like, no, what's that? Like, I was just, I was honestly about to cancel my subscription that day. Um, and they said, oh, you should try it out. Like, it's really good. Like, you can get basically a degree in digital marketing within about 30 days. 
Um, but money was tight at the time. Like like I said, I was actually signed off work at the time and I was on lower salary. Like I wasn't getting my full pay. So $100 at the time felt like a, a big investment and a bit of a risk. Sure. Um, but I ended up going for it. And so how, long ago was it? how long ago was that? Um, so that was in about February last year. February okay. 2019. So it's pretty right. recent. Yeah, for one of the... Um, one of the- earlier months of the One Funnel Away Challenge. Just for people out there who maybe aren't familiar with it, so One Funnel Away Challenge is, yeah, it's this, this program that ClickFunnels has. Um, yeah, like you said, kind of like a, a major boot camp to, to launch a product by the end and kind of learn kind of the ins and outs of, of marketing and obviously, you know, position people in a way that they want to use uh, ClickFunnels to be successful online. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, and it takes you through, I think it mainly assumes that you've got a product of yourself or your or your own business that you want to promote through a funnel, um, which I didn't have at the time. So I started to think about using it to promote a course that I'll create for affiliate marketing or something along those lines. Just so I wasn't really ever planning on launching that course. It was more just so I have something to follow the curriculum with. Um, so I, like, I can actually make things make sense in my head. Um, and it was a really good education. Like it's really recommended, really recommended thing to go through. Um, but the most important thing I got out of that was the the people that I met that were doing one funnel away at the same time as I was. Um, and it's actually where I met the client that you referenced in the. Um, I hate calling her a client. She's a really good friend. Mm. Um, the client, my friend that I met um, in there was my client that I managed to help. Right, Alex Elliot. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, through some products that we created together. Oh, that's true. That's kind of fast forwarding quite a lot. Yeah. Um, well, that's so that's, that's, so, that's uh, my journey in the online world, basically. And huh. suddenly a year's passed, and it feels like I've been doing this for several years. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had no idea. Um, I mean, that was right around the time. That's really interesting because, I mean, the One Final Way Challenge was really, yeah, Alex has really start to um, take off and, and, and make success online. So, um, yes. So tell me a little bit more then. Um, so going, going forwards then, um, some, so you, you, as you mentioned, you, you kind of met Alex at that time. And, um, I mean, for those who are online marketers, probably pretty familiar with, with Alex Elliott, who has the one group away challenge and, and a number of other products. And, and it's just, you know, come a lot of ways out of nowhere in, in, in just, you know, a really short amount of time been really, really successful. Um, how did that, um, relationship develop because I'm, I'm kind of curious particularly for you know again for the integrators out there who might say be looking for someone to to work for or work with um how did you go from uh hey i'm callum and hey i'm alex to uh yeah let's 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 do something together so i think in my circumstance it was a bit of a perfect storm um but what i've since learned and i'll go into that in a second but what i've since learned is it doesn't have to be a perfect storm um, like I said, I was just basically trying to find something that I can supplement or replace my day job income with. Um, and I knew I had a great skill set. Like I'd gone through looking at how autoresponders integrate with ClickFunnels, domain mapping and domain integration and just like the technical side. And I was like, I've got a really good skill set here, but I have no idea how to market it. Um, and I'd been chatting early on with Alex just she was giving me a bit of help and like my email copy and the, the parts that I weren't as strong, as strong with. And one day I basically said, like, I've had enough. Like I was again, ready to throw in the towel. Like I was getting a bit frustrated. Um, 
and she said, don't throw in the towel, I'll jump on a call with you. And she'd basically been approached by someone else to help her with a project, um, to market a project, basically. But she knew that I had this skill set and she's like, I need you to help me on this and we've got a week to implement it. So out of nowhere, I suddenly had a job and uh, for those that can't see me, I'm doing inverted commas there. Um, and I had a way that I could earn some money. So I was like, oh, okay, There's, this has turned out nicely. Um, so we delivered that project within the week and we earned a few thousand dollars on it, like nothing groundbreaking or anything, but enough for me to see potential that my skill sets can can supplement other people's skill sets um, and allow them to kind of focus on their zone of genius where they struggle. Um, Just out of curiosity, was that related to uh, Jordan Medrick's uh, Sam funnel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure if I mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was part of that journey. I mean, Jordan's actually a good friend of mine, and um, sure. So I, I, I just I remember, yeah, that 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 service you created to, to kind of kind of yeah. like a done done for you type service. Yeah, that just came out of nowhere. That was yeah. It was my first. It was my first exploration into automations, like. I'd been dealing with, for example, Microsoft Dynamics as a kind of full-blown CRM system, um, expensive CRM system, um, not something that like solopreneurs kind of need. So I was trying to put together a CRM so we could track these orders coming in and then fulfilling and then offboarding as well. Um, so that was my very first time looking at actually automating processes through different softwares online. Um, and I had to learn it really quick. And what I've found is I'm actually really good at working things out when I need to know them. So like information just in time as opposed to information just in case. And I think that's what's led to me learning new things every day. Like if I don't need to know how something happened yet, then I don't know it. But when I know I need to know it, I can work it out really quickly. Sure. Um, just a Google um, search away. Yeah, Google search or just kind of, I was going to say just using common sense, but it's not common sense. I think that's the important bit. Like my brain works in a way that can see two systems talking to each other. And I know that something needs to trigger somewhere to go somewhere else. Um, and breaking it down that simply, it's there's tools out there that make it dead easy for you if you know how to use them. Um, so that project um, was cut short, shall we say. Um, <laughs> and then we were kind of back to I was by myself and she was by herself. but. Within a few days, I basically approached her and I said, listen, what we did was really good, like within that space of time. And we'd had experience of working together, like having regular calls, like relying on each other to get our different parts done. So I basically just laid on my cards on the table. I was like, let's team up and do something together that we can call our own. Um, and through several brainstorming sessions and some ideas that didn't, Go ahead. We en ended up creating uh, the one group away challenge. Awesome. Well, that's really interesting. So, so you were you were the one uh, who made that proposal. Um, yeah. So I, I think out of desperation more than anything, to be honest. <laughs> but I really enjoyed that short week. Like it was the most success. To be honest, it's a bit of a low bar, but it was the most success I'd had online for the time that I was trying to do something online, and I enjoyed it. Um, and it was still, in a way, project managing, making things, making sure things are getting done, but in a pretty hands-on way. Like I was the doer as as much as just overseeing it. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's a there's a few there's a few really good lessons in there, and and, and I've seen a same similar pattern is when you know considering working with someone, have you know having that opportunity to do something in a time box, right? Where you you're you have a defined outcome that you're trying to create together, right? Um, you have defined roles and responsibilities, and and just kind of kind of it's almost like a MVP or a rapid you know incubation to try to see you know is there, is there potential for something greater, and you know that. Help to build more of the, the trust between each other, and and you know, obviously, you had a ton of fun. It was intense, right? But but like you wanted more. Like that was something that really um, spoke to you. So in a really short amount of time, you were to validate, yeah, this is the direction I want to go as far as you know the kind of work I want to do, yeah. and um, I really enjoy and I'm more successful when I'm working with someone else who complements my skill sets in in, in areas okay. like more with the online marketing side of things, for example. Definitely. Yeah. Like, like I've, and it forced me to learn a lot, like, because I'd never obviously put a course together. But like I said, I can pick things up really quickly, and suddenly I was getting all these things that I could add to my portfolio or CV, if you like, um, of things that I know how to do, and I could again quickly work out the, what what of those things do I really enjoy doing. Um, and I know a lot of people like they niche down into certain markets. But it's allowed me to niche down into certain skill sets that I, I actually really enjoy. So now I'm geeking out on automations and the operation side of things. Um, but I can also do a lot of other stuff as well, um, which I don't mind doing sometimes. So tell me, yeah, tell me a little bit more about that that journey then. So then, as you started working with with Alex on like on the One Group Boy Challenge and, and other things as well. How- how did that relationship start to um, unfold and mature? What, what were, and also, I'm kind of curious, um, and what were some of the ways in which, I mean, obviously, it's just the two of you and other people, I'm sure, came on board in different capacities as well. Um, how did you help that business to, to scale to what it is today? Sure. So we started out and what was, if I look at, say, Alex as a business, as a solopreneur to begin with, bring that around to today and I'll fill in the gaps. But now there's an, actually an official online business, like with people in the team doing things on a daily basis um, for that. And it's a gradual process and it's not something that I recommend people jump straight into. But I would always suggest to people is if you're just starting out or even if you've been doing this for a while, start thinking carefully about how much time you're spending doing certain things. Um, because if you try and do everything, which every solopreneur starts off doing, it's going to be very difficult to scale. So you've got to start getting basically anything that you could instruct somebody how to do, you can get off your plate. You, a, a process, an SOP can be created for that. All it needs is a how-to video and some step-by-step instructions, and you can get that off your plate and allow you to focus on the business as opposed to being in the business. Um, so that was a lot of the focus for scaling. Like we realized that if if we just stay the two of us, um, we're not going to be able to scale at a rate that we partly deserve to, because like both really good at what we do. I don't mind blowing my own trumpet there. Um, but and I, Alex is fantastic at what she does as well. Um, but if, for example, Alex is the one that's posting to her personal profile every single day. That takes a lot of time out, like when you add it all up across the week. Like if you think about, it's not just writing something and put it on Facebook. It's curating the content, 
it's formatting it in a way that makes it stand out. It's choosing an image to go along with the post. It's adding emojis and styles and stuff within the post as well. Like it's more than just a like a two minute job, which people sometimes think about when they first get started. Um, but if you can imagine, even if you just outsource that activity, you could save half an hour a day minimum, depending on how long the post is. If you start to add that up, you're saving what three and a half hours a week. What could you do with an extra three and a half hours a week? The dangerous thing is once you've earned that three and a half hours a week back, that you're intentional about what you do with that time, or else it'll just fill up with other stuff that can be outsourced. Um, so you've got to be intentional. Like I'm blocking that three and a half hours out that week to do extra sales calls or to do some sort of revenue generating activity or which a lot of people feel maybe a bit guilty for doing is they should take that three and a half hours back for themselves. Like you're doing this so that you can have your own business and live that so-called laptop lifestyle, like take three and a half hours off at the weekend to spend with your loved ones or to sit and watch Netflix if that's what you enjoy or, or whatever it might be. Like you've got to be intentional with the time that you're saving. Um, but obviously when you're building a business, the idea is that you're saving more than three and a half hours every week. Um, you can, you'd be surprised about what you can outsource or automate, um, meaning that your calendar is just filled with two types of things. Sometimes they overlap. Things that you love doing, which light you up, or revenue-generating activity. And I think that anyone who's kind of the, that personal brand or the face of that business they're the only two types of tasks they should be doing because that's their zone of genius and that's what they want. they'll actually thrive with their business and they'll love their business they won't start to resent it yeah that that, that makes so much sense um and I, I remember a couple things come to mind i actually interviewed alex um back in december so oh, half a year ago well and, and <laughs> yeah, well, and, and she was talking about it. So you know, it's 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 great to hear the other the other side of something that what you're sharing because she would she was talking about how like how she would end her day, and at the end of her day, like write down you know what were things I did today that you know I could outsource right that that could be be automated. Just have that 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 rhythm that reflection built into her her process so that um, it was a continual thing. It wasn't like a, a massive shift overnight, but just that continual shifting away from the things that she didn't have to do so she'd focus yeah. on her zone of genius um i think i think for a lot of you know creative visionaries like that's a way to make it less daunting too right instead of this this monster thing like how do i outsource or you know how do i how do i do yeah, all these yeah. things you know it doesn't have you to don't be need such to a start by bringing on somebody full-time like now that i'm taking on new clients i've brought on um somebody that i've worked with in the past and i've started out at 20 hours a month that's it because that gets me off Facebook, for example. Um, and I've created, so right now, and what I established with Alex as well, is using a tool called Asana, which is basically, it's a glorified to-do list, but it's really useful. Um, and I'd recommend it to any entrepreneur um, in life. Um, but I basically, to be able to get your time back, so kind of referring back to what we talked talked about earlier, You've got to know how much time you're spending on things. That's really difficult to do, like in your head or with pen and paper. So if you can look back at all the tasks that you've completed in the past week 
And the more detailed you get with your tasks, the more data you'll have to work out how much time you're spending on things. Um, I've now got a section on my Asana dashboard of tasks to delegate. And then when I'm ready, like there's no, no pressure on this other than myself, but when I'm ready to increase the hours of the resource that I brought on, I know exactly what they can be doing because um, I've already kind of picked out those tasks that I know can be delegated. Um, and it's just it's a gradual process. And you might get to a place where that person's filled with capacity and then you can recruit somebody else. Um, I would caution, though, that don't assume that hiring is the answer um, because before the tasks get to that to-be-delegated section, there's also a section here saying, um, can these tasks be eliminated? Like, I'm doing, I'm, I find I'm, I'm doing this hourly task every week. Is it actually getting me the results that I thought it would when I started doing the task? Or is it still even more relevant? Because um, sometimes you can just get rid of it completely and it has zero impact on your business apart from freeing you up. Because um, the last thing you want to be doing is bringing something on board to do things that don't need to be done. Sure. Um, yeah. Being being efficient at things that have no more values. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, and then the second part of that is automation. Like, so I look at how things can be automated before outsourced as well. Um, so an example for that is I had a task that every time I get a new client, I want to create like a task within Asana with the instructions on how to un- onboard them. And then I onboard everyone the same way. But I've found a way that I can automate that onboarding process so that things are done without me having to actually get involved in them manually. And I was that close to outsourcing that task. But just before I did that, I managed to automate it. Um, and it's not the solution that I had in my mind when I was getting somebody else to do it, but it does exactly what I need it to do. Like the, the, the end result is fine and it doesn't cost any extra man hours or, and I've already got the systems that allow me to outsource it as well. So it's kind of a free bit of time um, that's appeared in my calendar. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Kind of eating your own dog food. Exactly. I, uh-huh. I'd be, yeah, I wouldn't feel right um, helping my clients with outsourcing and automating if I wasn't doing it myself. Yeah, um, like it, I think it's it's almost a necessity in business. Yeah, well, and you know, you've got a, a one half year old who you know I'm sure you'd much rather be spending time with than um, you know exactly. work, work, working on another drudgery task. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to kind of pull this back a little bit then to from a, from a business development standpoint. Um, a couple questions. So when during all your time work, working with with. Alex, I mean, that was pretty much your primary focus, right? Like essentially, got yeah. full full time in that sense, yeah. right? Um, were, there, were there ever points where where you felt like a little um, like unsure, or I mean, perhaps even a little bit vulnerable in that sense? I mean, she's building this personal brand; it's it's kind of all about her. Um, and if so, how how did you deal with that? How did you work through that? Um, yeah, I think it'd journey? be natural to have doubts. Um, I think, like, I'll. Like oh, if Alex tells me to jump over this over this cliff, I'd probably do it. Like I was, we were, we had such a close personal bond. Um, so in that position, we were fully trusting that we were in this together. Um, and let me have a think. <laughs> There's always a little bit of element of doubt in the back of your mind that, like. 
what if it's just a good thing comes to an end? But that may be my self-talk with my generalized anxiety coming through, like feeling a lack of worthiness of like, am I really good? And maybe that kind of imposter syndrome that I think all entrepreneurs um, come across. Because when I started thinking about it, like I've learned all of this in quite a short space of time. So is it even that difficult? Like, could anyone do this? Um, and sometimes I think, yeah, that's true. But I keep looking back and saying, like, lots of people don't do it and they don't know it. And just becomes it, because it comes naturally to me, it doesn't mean it comes naturally to everyone else. Um, in the same way, like going live on Facebook doesn't come naturally to me, but it goes, it comes naturally to other people. Like it's just different skill sets. Um, but like I'm extremely confident in my ability to perform like backend operations in general. Um, and the more we progressed, the more confident I got my own abilities and the more important I saw my role. Um, so what I knew that if I, if the world came crashing down and like there's a, some personal, for, for some personal reason, business had to close down or something, I knew that I'd built up this important skill set that I can offer to similar people in similar positions, um, which has come to fruition over the last couple of weeks since I've, I, one thing that Alex kept on talking about in, in a lot of her trainings was not relying on one primary source of income um, because you, like you've got no control, to be honest, like you've not got total, total control over any source of income. Like whether it's a nine to five job or or something else, like no job is hundred percent secure. So I wanted to kind of explore the idea of adding some clients, but I didn't want the work that I was doing with Alex to suffer because of that. Um, so that's when I started looking at okay, what can we? I started getting into the details about what we can automate and outsource in Alex's business to be able to free me up a little bit. Um, to explore the world of bringing on your own clients. Um, and over a few months, I managed to do that um, quite to a significant degree. Um, that gave me that freedom to basically explore the idea of getting new clients for myself. Yeah. And to be, I know this, wasn't, this is going somewhere else that wasn't your question. Um, but what I've realized since I've started marketing my own brand and offering the, the I know a lot of the pains that these people are going through and no solopreneur should feel that they have to do everything by themselves. Like there's people like me, like I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I'm the only person that knows how to do this. There's people like me out there and I hope some people are listening to this. And all I'd say is those skills are absolutely required by any personal brand um, that you see on the internet today. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> I, 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 um, yeah, I, and the way you answer that is, is perfect. So I, I think it really speaks to what a lot of, you know, a lot of integrators like ourselves, um, are thinking about. And, and, you know, as you were talking about becoming less dependent on, on one source of income, I also think about, you know, like a lot of the work that, that, that you're doing and, and a lot of us do, it's, it's a lot of ways it's like punching a time clock, right? I mean, you're, because it's operations, it's like if you're not putting in the time, you're not necessarily earning the income. Mm -hmm. So as as you look to, you know, create I guess a little bit more um, resiliency with income, right? Like I mean, if 
let's say, you know, I mean, you, you actually, you, you dealt with having a COVID, right? Um, a few months yeah. ago. And, and, you know, I'm sure that had a major impact on, on what you could do for a, a while. And so how, how are you trying to address that risk in the sense that like, what if you couldn't actually work for a while and, and how would you pay the bill? What, what, what's your path to, how are you trying to address so, that? I guess a few things on that. Um, so since I started looking for the clients, the first thing I did was kind of just sit down, look back and think what I can offer. Um, and that was honestly as simple as pen and paper, writing down my skills and like system knowledge and everything on a piece of paper. And then I'm looking at the best way to package that into like a product or a service, um, which I've done. And I've, I've been a little bit overwhelmed with the number of people that have gotten touched, like reaching out for help. So I know the, the pain's always going to be there. Um, and for example, if I went ill now, like, yes, my business would absolutely suffer because I've just, I'm setting things up and I'm working through it. And I'm the one that's delivering all the service at the moment. Um, I want to spend a bit of time and I've started spending a bit of time on how I can make sure that there's still some revenue coming in without me having to show up every single day. Um, so just like even within the first couple of hours before this call, one of, for example, the services that I offer people, I spent two hours SOPing that service out and it took a few revisions, but now I've got an instruction that I can give to somebody to do that part of fulfillment for, for customers' orders. Um, so that will help. And if there is a disaster, then at least now I can say I offer that service and I've got somebody to deliver that service. Um, there's little things that we, I can do like because I'm introducing these important softwares to people is like even ask them if they mind signing up through my affiliate link and if that's a system that they're going to see benefit for they're very much likely going to stick with that and that can kind of ensure that you've got a little bit of monthly recurring revenue um, I'm also looking at introducing some like an app that people can use um a white labeled app um where people can save money by using the app to run a lot of their business on it as well um and again charging people a monthly fee to keep that going because i think in this world like the awful things that are going on in this world right now people are struggling and sales are dropping and they're not like the things that were making money six months ago are no longer making as much money now. So multiple streams of income and monthly recurring revenue are two critical things that I think every entrepreneur, whether you're by yourself or you're working with somebody, it, you need to have some strategy to at least ge start generating a bit of monthly recurring revenue as well. Like when I, I got COVID um, pretty early on, actually, um, and I was floored for a week. And I couldn't do anything, but like happily, I had a good relationship where I can say like, this is what definitely needs to be done in my absence. This is how to do it. I'm gone for a week, like I'm out of action. And we managed to get through that. Um, so you, so, had, you had that option. You had, you had people who could, could fill in for yeah, you. I had the option and because I'd already been in the process of documenting how I do things and doing how-to videos. A lot of that, all that, all that had to happen is I had to reassign a task for myself to somebody else. 
and they follow the instructions and they can they can keep going. So it's like for business continuity, even if you're not outsourcing, having SOPs in place for everything that you do is really important. Whether yeah. and that can be as simple as just a how-to video filmed on Loom, like a screen share. Like it doesn't have to be a a Bible of like a hundred pages or five hundred pages of your company's like end-to-end processes. But as long as you've got a video showing somebody how to do something, then that can often be a, an awesome start. Yeah, it's it's well, it's it's kind of like a, a cheap form of insurance, really, right? I mean, Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at the at the minimal sense. Um, yeah, and it, you know, I'm, I'm sure, and I'm sure having COVID again helped remind you just what was important in your life, and 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 especially with it with a young one, just how much you want to look after that family and be there, be there for them and be able to, to take care of them. So, exactly. so that's great. So, so at this point now, so you're kind of expanded out now, you're, you're, you're finding some other clients, you kind of launched your own, um, your own funnel, um, your own, your own website to, to bring on, on people. Yeah. Um, so for anyone else who's out there, um, and you've already covered a lot of ground. I mean, we've had a lot of, amazing gems. Is there anything else I guess you'd like to share um, for people, particularly like, like yourself who are trying to go down, go down this path and um, maybe aren't finding the success they're looking for and anything more you'd like to share with them? So I just kind of repeat what I said. Like if you're unsure about what you can offer, just get a pen and paper and start writing down your skills. And then you can start to kind of group them into categories about things that you can do and um, like I'm just building up my website now like I honestly just listed in bullet point all these different things I can do and try to group them and you need to tell the world what you can do like don't be don't feel that just because you've been a second in command or not like the forefront of the business that your role's not important like stand up for us integrators and and make sure that people know that they know what you can do and what you can offer them. And all you really need is, well, you don't need to make a hundred sales a month. Like if you can get like, let's say less than five regular clients, then that's a pretty good gig. Um, And you can play with your price points as well. Like there's always a wide range of price points. Like for example, if I want a website built, I could, go to Fiverr and find someone to do it for $100, for example. Or I can go to the ClickFunnels community and say, I need a funnel built, and I'm sure I can find somebody that's going to charge me thousands of dollars to build a funnel or a website. And there's customers for each level of, of price point. So like all I'd say is don't be afraid to value yourself, what you think you're worth. Um, Worst comes the worst, like you can drop your prices, like it's not a disaster. But if you don't start at what you think you're worth, then it's it's you're not leaving a lot of room for yourself. But mm. just believe in yourself, basically is what I'm trying to say. Awesome. Um and then when you get lots of clients, you might find that you can start increasing your prices after that, because you're kind of more in demand. Um but just make sure that people know what you can do and if you can do that, then people will find you. That's a good anchor. I think that's a, maybe one last super quick question to ask is, um, I think that's perhaps where integrators struggle the most, which is why they often work with a, someone who is that face in that marketer, right? Um, are you, are you going to, are you, 
are you now going to sort of take on all that yourself, all the the marketing for your 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 business? And and if so, um, you know, what are what are some tips that you have for people who maybe necessarily don't do the Facebook lives or you know want to get their sure. face out there as much? How are you how are you addressing that? So, for example, when as I started with Alex, like I built a personal bond with her, and because we did a really good job, like. There's nothing better than a great testimonial from a really successful person. Mm. Um, and a lot of the clients that I've had come through are through word, word of mouth referrals. If you can do a blockbuster job for somebody and over deliver for them massively, then you're pretty much guaranteed a great testimonial and at least one referral. And once you've got one, that can just snowball as you go. Like you might get some smaller projects. You can maybe even offer to help people free like if somebody's having some technical difficulties and you can see that in a group you can reach out to them and say i can help you with this just in exchange for a quick testimonial and then you can start to build up some social proof that you maybe didn't have when you're first starting out um there's a really low cost marketing word of mouth referrals yeah and like you don't really need to do anything extra to get them to be honest especially when you when you get Someone who really has some some really good influence online. Uh, Chris Benet, I interviewed um, Chris Benetti recently, um, and he, he has shared a similar story for how he got started with, with funnel building and design. Was um, just doing doing some stuff even for free, right? Just just helping out, trying yeah. to be a, of, of service, and did that for someone who um, you know was a fairly good name. And uh, yeah, that just catapulted him. Came and you, to- you you don't need to do lots of work for free. Like it's important. Like if if somebody's, for example, even the smallest things can re- remove huge roadblocks for these solo entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, like if they can't find work out how to forward their domain from their hosting provider to ClickFunnels, they can't launch. <laughs> right. But if you manage to fix that for them, which if you know how to do it, it's like a two-minute job, then... For, just for two minutes work you can have a blockbuster testimonial from somebody that you've managed to help launch their their next funnel um, I've had other ones where things like their somebody's Stripe account wasn't connecting with their ClickFunnels account these guys can't earn money unless somebody fixes that for them <laughs> right so again it's a couple of minutes quick job but now they can generate money online so it's like these little things that to us they seem really simple and basic but there, that, that's a mountain of a challenge to people that don't know how to do it, um, and it doesn't have to be huge jobs that you take on for free, and yeah. um, to be able to get these testimonials in play. Yeah, true, true wisdom right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Callum, it's been a wow, amazing conversation, and I'm really so glad we had this this time together. Uh, I'm sure Thanks there's people. Me. Yeah, it's it's been a real pleasure. Um, I'm sure there's people out there who would love to, you know, continue the conversation with you and perhaps, you know, look into getting some of that that magic help for their Stripe account or otherwise. Um, how how can people um, connect with you online? Sure. So um, I currently take free consultations, sixty minute consultations. Um, you can find me at operationswizard.com. Um, I snapped that domain up as soon as I saw it. Um, <laughs> or you can find me on Facebook, and I think Jerry might link to that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll have the links in the show notes as well, for sure. Sure. I'm checking my messenger fairly regularly. All right. Yeah, but yeah, operationswizard.com. Okay. 
Awesome, Calvin. Thanks again so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so, be sure to click on the subscribe button in your app so you never miss a future episode. And when you leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, you help more people discover and then transform their lives through the powerful life-changing stories on this podcast. I invite you also to share something that you heard in this episode that you would love to turn into a conversation. Share it with people and have that conversation. Because when ideas become conversations that build connections, that's when momentum happens. I'll see you in the next episode.